You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. podcast i'm patrick i'm bob and i'm tom yo gentlemen yo feeling great what do you got good what do you ask (laughs) feeling good i'm feeling good uh looking um, good i'm like i'm like yeah i'm like uh i'm like an 80 820 out of a thousand right now Pretty pretty solid. Yeah. Tom, Tom, how about Tom, you? Where what you are you out of a thousand? I what the fuck? I've never I've been asked that in my entire life. <laughs> Come on, five hundred. Here you go. Five hundred one. All right. Hold on, hold on, fellas. We're on the sunny side. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, we're back. Go on. All right. Well, where are you at, Patrick? Give us your number out of a thousand right now. Um, I'm definitely I'm over the halfway hump for sure. Um, it's going to be 93 degrees, which I like versus cold. Touch, touch warm, touch warm for but it. But is touch warm and makes it uh, difficult to uh, work. Um, I, uh, I, I, it, when your balls are sweating, everybody, if you got balls, it, when your balls Come are sweating, uh, it is difficult to sit at a laptop and and uh, type out things. You just basically want to lay on a couch and the air conditioning. You guys don't have air conditioning? Yeah, we do, but I, Tom, you would really resent touring with me. I am the guy that in the middle of the night turns off the air conditioning. Um, Oh, you'd wake up to a punch. (laughs) People get so mad. So mad. Air conditioning makes me uh, congested. I hate the feeling. Uh, it feels fake. I feel like I'm in a fake environment. You just need an excuse. That's what it, I have to say about your bullshit. Like I hate the way it feels. Come on. Get and on. then I turn. So don't off sleep it. with it on. You can keep it on. Then I turn it, off know, the you, AC. Well, people want to sleep in AC. That's like a luxury that people like. Yeah. <clears throat> but not not me. I turn that shit off. Um. So. So what's your number? My number. Um. Uh, Nine hundred and seventy-five. I love to hear out of a, very out of a thousand. You're out complaining thousand. about is not ninety seven point five. This is Patrick Kinlan in the morning. You know what? All right, got my health. Family's good. Uh, you what was know. last episode doctor? Uh, okay, so when I get <laughs> when I get my partner visa, I yeah. become. This is boring, everybody. When you get a partner visa. Uh, or rather, when you apply for a partner visa, you actually get all of the rights. We know you've already explained this. Right? We got it. Go, okay. go yeah, ahead. Yeah. So you're going as this soon as you person, can. This you're is the first go. person that ju- this is the first episode. First episode. Yeah. Patty <laughs> lives in Australia, but first and last. There. Yeah. And at that point, I will get my blood work done. I'm going to get the little finger. You know, I'm going to. I'm going to. Everything's getting. I'm getting a tune up. Hell yeah. 
very good. Uh, 97.5 ain't too bad anyways. Guys, let's talk about our gracious, salacious, fabulous. Salacious. Most righteous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, one of them certainly salacious. Rolls off uh, the top. Most, most righteous sponsors. Uh, thank you to Run for Cover. Oh, yeah. Tori Amos. Th- thank you to Convulse Records. PJ Harvey. That gel LP. Damn. Uh, thank you to To Live a Lie. Tom, who you got? I, I need help. Fiona Apple. Thank you. you great, great. Is that what we're going for? Yeah, 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 you, no, you're perfect. right in the theme. Perfect. And finally, the ever salacious thank you to Close Casket Activities. Tracy Chapman. We got a fast car. Let's fast go car. there right now. How fast could you get from Bethlehem to Troy if you needed to? Uh, t- t- 27 minutes. Wow. Will it take me? Yeah. I feel like you get there fast. Maybe a lot maybe, of lights. Maybe. Oh, uh, nah. I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm getting there. I get in there in less than half an hour, but uh, no less than twenty. It's tight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, like five a.m. traffic. Maybe, maybe right at twenty. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Close casket activities. Close casket activities. Dot com. Tom, what do we got today at Close casket activities? It's not salacious. It's a uh, our buddies, our pals, uh, Pat's favorite rap group, Incendiary. Oh. Yeah, they don't do any of that. I I, I can't wait <laughs> because there's going to be a day that you and Garone, who played fucking rugby in college, are going to be in the same room, and he's going to fucking knock you. To, I I can't wait. Yeah. Oh, he played rugby in college. Uh, I yeah. I would played, you play I in played, bar? I played you play in college? So <laughs> guess what? <laughs> Mm. Your, man, your man's have carrying fun, his have fun tackling my sniper rifle yeah, exactly <laughs> oh uh, listen I'm a, I'm a fan and I'm probably going to be should be it, so you know <laughs> you guys are probably playing together I'm sure there's like oh are, are you playing together I think we might be doing that festival together I don't know if we're on the same day shout out to Incendiary what do we got they got some new stuff in there oh. I noticed this yes so they did which is crazy the 10th anniversary edition of cost of living their second LP, it's on uh, Close Cassette Activities. Um, they just did a show we talked about a couple weeks ago with uh, Standstill and Inclination. Um, and like that show, the vinyl also sold out. Yeah, real quick. 500 copies of with new artwork. The original artwork was done by our buddy and our pal, John Contino. Mm. Yes. The who goat. did our wonderful logo. That somehow is not on Apple Podcasts anymore. It's driving me crazy. It, it makes me so mad. <laughs> we got everything. Out. I know. We got to find really some job from like tattooing on him. Yes. So they did a a, a a 10th anniversary edition of it with um, a new cover by this tattooer named uh, Justin Weatherholtz. Tattoos mm-hmm. uh, in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. Um, friend of friends. Uh, so the they. You can't get the record anymore, so sorry no. if you if you slept. Um, but they did a twenty four by twenty four Ajikli print of it. Thank you, which is gorgeous in person. Um, I ordered one myself. Just got in the, got it in the mail over the weekend, um, and just got my frame today. So it will be hanging up in my apartment. Um, but they did that, and they also did a hoodie with the with the artwork on it and a t shirt. Um, both of which have the uh, beginning lyrics to the song Zeitgeist. Which is um, which is what the artwork is based on, and then they also have 
which I thought was kind of cool, which I didn't see before. It costs a living promo T-shirt. Mm. So it's like it's got incendiary on the front, like uh, like uh, not their usual logo, like and and like the the um like the CCA whatever number it is and all sort of stuff. And then on the back, it looks almost kind of like what you would get in the mail if someone is like sending you like promo information about this incendiary record, but it's on a T-shirt. That's mm. cool. I think, I think cool. it's so. So shout um, out, go scoop the those up. And- soon. Ooh. I mean, I mean, soon, twenty twenty three. Yeah, so yeah. at some point, they Yo, start. They've uh, been playing a, a new song live. It's pretty great. So, like, uh, close casket activity stays busy. Everybody, keep keep your ears out, keep your eyes up. Uh, go get that. Go get the incendiary cause of living stuff. Especially that G Clay print because it's really cool. Twenty four by twenty four, not small. Uh, CloseCasketActivities.com. guys. Let's redirect everyone to our other fine sponsor, To Live a Lie. To Live a Lie Click on that web store. Last time we talked, I was big upping a tape by the band Endorphins Lost, uh, Northwest hardcore, um, fast kind of stuff. Obviously grind power violence but to me if you like fast hardcore uh this is going to scratch a a lot of itches this is actually their third lp third 12 inch i guess uh it's called night people it's up you can get a couple different versions i'm telling you get the mixed vinyl because it's limited to 150 it is still available right now i think this is a really cool record i actually like the uh the cover art um yeah, I just, I don't know. Um, to Live a Lie is always doing cool stuff that finds a new way onto my radar. And uh, truth be told, it's introduced me to several bands who I don't think I would have found otherwise. So shout out to Will and To Live a Lie. Definitely a place to go get all the fast stuff. Also, uh, just clicking through, I noticed in their new section on their distro, they have some some stuff that isn't real. I don't see around very often. Um, hatred surge human overdose CD. So there's uh, this is if you, if you don't know hatred surge, you you need to know hatred surge. Um, so check it out uh, to live Scoop those up and grab yourself something else while you're at it, guys. We also in a weird twist of events where somebody hits us up with a cool thing that is a three of three. We all really enjoy this thing can we talk about the quicksand slip reissue that iodine records is doing you guys you guys game i would love to i'm game okay so so here's the part that is always the fun part here's the kind of like the nitty-gritty this is the thing that's like hey let's make sure we give these people information uh 30th anniversary of quicksand slip so old i'm so old right Uh, tom i feel old because i I wasn't there when this guy came out, but it was still kind of a like super relevant thing when I was getting into hardcore, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Iodine recordings, and we'll talk a little bit about iodine as we go through this, are releasing the 30th anniversary edition of Quicksand's classic debut, Slip on Vinyl. Uh, this isn't the first time that Slip's been put out on vinyl, but I have to tell you, when we get into the, like, the measurements, the tail of the tape, this is the best time. Um, uh, the record's going to be in a bunch of different versions, many of which are already sold out, so listen to this for a good reason. Uh, there is a limited de- deluxe gatefold with slipcase 
and a deluxe LP with a 64-page hardcover book. Um, includes a foreword by Walter, bunch of never-before-seen photos, blah, blah, blah. Tons of stuff right from that era, the 90 to 94 era of quicksand. Like, they're, they're peak at that time. And I don't want to discount them now because, goddamn, the last two LPs are very good. Um, ton of commentary, notable stuff from Anthrax, Helmet, Sepultura, Thursday, Rise Against, Refused, Youth of Today, Thrice, Agnostic Front, Snapcase, Earth Crisis, Cave-In, a bunch more. Uh, it's available for pre-order right now. It's hitting stores March 31st. We're talking about it. Iodine, our buddies, we're psyched. Been around for a minute, took a little break, but are back doing a lot of cool stuff. Tom, what are the, some of the other things other than this quicksand reissue that they got going on? So the, um, they've been doing a lot of stuff with um, bands playing Furnace Fest. So they've been like doing reissues and whatnot. They did the reissue of Rituals of Life by Stretch Armstrong, which Pat has mm-hmm. talked about. Um, their, their biggest record, I would imagine. Um, so they reissued that. They they have uh, putting out new records by One Line Drawing, which is Jonah from Far. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't listened to Far, you're missing out. Water and Solutions is an incredible record. Mm. Um, uh, the Darling Fire, which is it's folks from Shy Halud and As Friends Rust and the Rocking Horse Winner, and even if you don't know any of those bands, which I don't know how you wouldn't. If you like Dashboard Confessional, the singer on the second LP, the female voice that sings with Chris Caraba, is the singer in Rocking Horse Winter, also the singer in The Darling Fire. Um, wonderful voice. Um, this is their first band in a long time, I remember, if I if I recall correctly. Um, they also put out the Jerome's Dream record, which was a huge thing. You know, we talked about this not that long ago and how, you know, the clamoring for that record. And then Smoke, Smoke or Fire, who had a record out on um, Jade Tree, I think, at one point. Yes, they did, for sure. Great, like, kind of, you like hot water music, if you like that kind of, like, um, gravelly kind of hardcore, like, hardcore yep. punk. Yeah, that gra- gravelly rockin' hardcore punk, like, uh, the, you, you, yeah, hot water music, but maybe occasionally you can bust the stage dive to it, too energy yeah yeah i mean they played i remember seeing them once with uh when hellfest fell apart oh yeah they played the 108 lifetime show in philly they opened that show and they were great that's cool so, that's really there's cool. a bunch yeah. of stuff so i mean there's a bunch of old stuff and new stuff that iodine is doing the quicksand record was a complete shock i did not expect it also i didn't expect it to be 30 years old but yes uh, i know right oh my god can we yeah uh, it, and it broke my heart but like I feel like the, the artwork on that quicksand record yeah, is perfect. I think that's Melinda Beck. I don't know if that is. I, I could be wrong. I think it is. I think she did most of the art for um, the shirts for, around that time were yep. incredible. And, it's and just like EP before. Yeah. Just unbelievable. Um, and I, you know, this is legit probably top five records for me. Like not even hardcore, just in general. I've listened uh, to this so much. Not a bad song. No. Um, and it also has the one thing that they included on this that wasn't included on the original was the How Soon Is Now Smith's cover. Which I love. I love it. One of my uh, favorite covers ever. And I remember like when that kind of came out, that like trying to find – I forget. I don't know if it was on the Dine Alone single or something. But I remember trying to track it down because I had heard it and I was like, this is the fucking best. I need this. Yeah, it was a staple um, of their live show sets. And yeah, it was shockingly hard to kind of track down if you didn't have the right version of the right record that had it. 
Yeah, I mean, it was like it was literally on like a CD that you could get at like college radio at the yeah. time. At yeah, least that's right. That's and I remember being like, but I but I want that song. And like they, I, I've seen them once or twice, and I've bought videotapes of them. This is showing my yeah. age. They would open like Walter would play like the first like a ba- couple of bars of Start Today, and go into that. Yep. And it was oh, fucking awesome. Man, so good. So slip. Yeah, I'll stop talking. What about were you gonna slip. say? What were you gonna okay. say, Patrick? I'm just curious. That roster of bands that uh, give some commentary. What? Yeah. What does Earth Crisis got to say about? Uh, I mean. That's that's the most interesting one to me because a lot of I I think they toured together, they played together for sure. A lot of those other bands are bands they were contemporaries or influenced, you know. Um, So I mean, it's sort of. But the other ones are are influenced quite obviously. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like every band on that thing has been touched. But Agnostic Front, maybe not musically, but like they were to wit. Agnostic Front is a great great get there because Agnostic Front can talk about what a seismic shift towards post-hardcore New York took for a moment. You know what I mean? And, and they can talk right, about And talking about Walter and those dudes being like the kids coming to see like the victim yeah. and pain record release. But uh, sure. look, and I'm not taking anything away from Earth Crisis. I, I'd, I'd listen to uh, Carl on the toilet read a book. Of, you know, he could read uh, Russian literature on the toilet to me and I'd be like, oh, this is cool. Why does he have to be on the toilet though? Can he just have Carl spitting, man. But – but here's, be but here's yes. my thing is like, I, I just don't detect an ounce, even in their, you know, even in their most kind of, uh, uh, uh off, uh, off the farms t- type of, uh, uh, songs. Do I hear any, <laughs> do I yeah, hear but that any? doesn't mean that you, they're not like, I mean, no, I mean, they were, listen, they were witness, they were witnesses to the era. So, so it's worth right. something, but, and like holes on here because it's Samantha Maloney from sure. From yeah. Chef, yeah. yeah. I would imagine. So cool. But I mean, like Killswitch. Oh. Killswitch sounds nothing like fucking Quicksand. But like, you telling me those dudes were didn't love fucking Quicksand? No, Everybody I, loves Quicksand. I, so here's here's my question, Tom. You said top five record for you, full stop. Yeah, um, it's very high for me. Just again, not just in hardcore, but just in general. Um, pulling it out a little bit more. In terms of records that were not mainstream popular like the Neverminds of the world the the uh you know uh what's the story morning glory the like major huge is there a top five underground records of the 90s i feel like this deserves a place in there oh sure and you know what i mean like this is this is this, massively one of, one of the fugazi records it's it's like yep. uh yeah the, the list is is short but impressive yep and and it's uh this is the record that honestly if you had an alternative friend in the 90s who maybe thought the the punk or hardcore music you listened to was like immature they couldn't deny this record no one can deny this is this just like unbelievably well done record that that like as as hardcore is kind of broadened and changed like Yo, this was a record I loved, but I didn't even think of it like the way I think of hardcore records other than, hey, this was the dude from Gorilla Biscuits and the dude from, you know, uh, Beyond and this and that, you know, and like this is what they did after. So it was like post-hardcore, but when I'm 16, I barely had a grasp on what that meant or what its proximity is, you know? Um, But I just knew that the record was awesome. Um, and, uh, you know, I had friends who loved this record who also were just like, you know, into punk and hardcore and stuff, but also loved shit like Tool, and they placed that right in the middle of those interests, you know? Um, 
So I don't know. I, I we we have talked about this record in the past. Um, there's conversations I know that Patrick and I have had where it's like, oh man, rival schools sometimes moments they had moments they actually hit these spots that Quicksand doesn't, and uh, you know. But this record's just so massive and uh, tonal and weird, and um, we've talked about records that are you know headphones walking around. Listening to this record walking around New York City on headphones. I had this on a cassette that I would listen to um, while walking <laughs> around New York. And uh, it, it puts you in a place. It's um, it's just a really cool record. To me, to me, it is the Age of Quarrel for the 90s because of all the things that Age of Quarrel is, I think it's one of the most intense listening experiences and certainly of the 80s. I think it's the most intense. There's a lot of records I think are better, as good, et cetera, et cetera. But I think it's very intense. I think Slip is the most intense listening experience in the 90s. So mm, It's an argument for sure. Um, Yo, can so, I, can I yeah, say go. something that, take, that ruins the mood? No, go for it. I fucking hate Helmet, man. <laughs> you hate Helmet? I just, I went, I, so the other day I- Trying? Uh, yo, if you keep trying, yeah, keep trying. I, 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 I listened to all the Helmet material the other day because, Tom, I'm doing, like, just making little playlists for myself instead of carrying thousands and thousands of, of albums on my fucking phone. Yes, I know everybody. You use streaming. I do not. Yes, I am a cave person. But, uh, so I'm just making playlists. And I was like, okay, let's, uh, I'm going to make a- uh, individual bands playlists and then I'm going to put them together kind of for, you know, like uh post hardcore listens and whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. I, I cannot endure helmet for even a fucking record. Uh, not I, even meantime. <sighs> nope. I, I, I wow. re- everything about it is unappealing. I do not think there's uh, uh all you have is, is uh, uh, you got fun. You got fun riffs for sure on occasion. Uh, but vocals are treated as an instrument, but not a good one. And I'm vocals are treated in this really weird way. I won't dispute that at all. And I think it's just ass like uh, a little inside baseball. uh, My band uh, doesn't typically fight about mixes. We just went to war with each other over mixes because uh, my attitude is that if you have a bad vocalist, treating them like another instrument is a fucking idiotic thing to do. It'd be like having a bad drummer or something. You have to treat a vocalist like something other than the instruments, like just a different element altogether. And listening to helmet, I was just like, yo, just cut this dude's fucking voice. It adds nothing. It's I I like, there's no, nobody's singing along. There's no fucking like, I, I got mad listening to helmet. Yo, fuck helmet. Uh, I mean, look, we we'll wow. swing it back to quicksand. Uh, <laughs> I don't mean that. I'm sure they're cool too. I'm in, I'm in a different I'm in a different space on helmet. I think Tom likes them. I don't even know if I'd consider myself a helmet fan, but they have moments and certainly riffs. Like they've got they've got some progressions that will get in your head. Like like just the way the riff moves that I think is kind of impressive. But you're not wrong, and in the way that quicksand slip always connected with me more and felt so much more complete. And I'm like, look, everybody in history, Helmet had a bigger, a higher height than Quicksand did on a mainstream like stage, like big show. The song was a hit. Huge, huge, like buzzbin shit. Quicksand right, sold never, like millions of records. Yeah, never quite hit that. But like when you listen to these, when you listen to any Helmet record, and even the ones that I think people love, love, Slip's just better. Oh, so, no um, question. And in 2022, they toured together. Yep. And Quicksand played after him. That's right. Shout out. Um, look, Shout a out. bunch we'll, of we'll clutch. 
Yeah, Choco Taco Delight. Um, this record is available worldwide, uh, UK, EU, US. Um, the US stuff is really running out quick. I urge you to go out and get the deluxe edition. Uh, it's 100 bucks. Seems like a lot, but then click around, look at those pictures, and you'll be opening your wallet just like I did. Um, yeah, it's it's really fucking cool. So um, shout out, shout out to Quicksand, shout out to Walter, shout out to all the other Quicksand dudes, shout out to Iodine Recordings because this is really cool. And if this is the level of care and treatment they have for this record that I love and I always appreciate it, we we talk about other labels who've done incredible reissues. Shout out to Trust. Um, I'm excited for whatever they do because even if it doesn't pique my personal interest, I just love seeing the shit that matters in this world being given that kind of like, no, this matters and we're going to show it and we're going to put the time and effort to make it look great. And that's exactly what happened here. So uh, go check that out. Go to iodine. Is it iodine recordings.com? Iodine records.com. Iodine records.com. Follow them on Instagram, iodine recordings um, and uh, go order this record. Yes. Like now. Um, guys, <clears throat> can I tell you what? something? Yeah. <laughs> I just had like a, a momentary seizure. Uh, no, I, I went to a hardcore show. It was good. Uh, it was for a great cause. Uh, Matt Summers, we talked about him, singer Shark Attack, uh, proprietor of My War Records many, many moons ago. Uh, had a serious accident, brain injury. He's been going through it. A lot of people in hardcore have come out and supported them. Uh, R5 and some folks in Philly put together a show. Uh, all the money went to benefit them. Uh, raised a ton of money. Um, not, I, I don't know the exact dollar amounts, but it was a lot. There were a lot of really people cool. there. A lot of people there um, at Union Transfer. Uh, let's see. Let me give the mechanicals. At Union Transfer, sounded great. Um, Overwhelming amount of people there. Uh, really cool to see see so many people. Um, I kind of try to keep to myself. Uh, and that was that was good. Um, quick rundowns of the bands that I did see. I missed Sunstroke, and I missed Violent Minds, and I missed Chemical Fix. Uh, three bands that deserve your time and attention. Violent Minds is a longtime favorite of mine. Um, Rob Brigade put on a killer show. Uh, Singer was wearing a shirt that made me think like it was like a what would Kamianale do situation. It had like cool vertical striping on it. But that dude, you know, dude who sings in Robbergate is is a like a very well put together dude. Great energy on stage. Loved it. Um, Shark Attack with our buddy Dave Ackerman singing. Great. Very oh. good. Um, let's see. Um he withheld any sort of like uh, casual roasting of Philadelphia, you know, in good turn because it's like an old bit of theirs. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things like it's it's meant in good humor. But you're like eh, playing a benefit show for a dude who busts himself. Maybe now's not the time to like poke fun at it and, sure. uh, you know, go birds, all that fun stuff. Um, uh, let's see. Then Shark Attack, Rob, uh, uh, Restraining Order. Awesome. Uh, everybody was great. Every fucking band was great. Da da da. Um, Floor Punch said it's the last time they play. It's cool. Love that band. Uh, Cold World. The note is Cold World played with three guitar players and sounded so much louder and heavier than any other band who played because mm. they were so three um, guitars. 
three guitars arthur alex and haroon on guitar so that was it was really cool um so yeah good gig uh shout out to philadelphia good show appreciated it had a fun time good cheesesteak i did not we got good china you know what low-key chinatown in philly rips it's awesome they got a ton of restaurants really good went to a spot i've never been before had a really good fried rice good veggie uh spring roll thing uh highly recommended really really good experience if you're in philly and you got yo here's the secret about philly they got a lot of good food really good food city um and but but if i had to pick one spot hit hit their chinatown you almost can't go wrong in that zone it's kind of it's kind of crazy um r.i.p to new harmony because yep. that was that was the spot for so so goddamn long. Do do we take things for granted like that? Like, oh yes. I was thinking of it in my head as like the first time I went there, I was probably seventeen, and then it was still there when I was like twenty five, and then it was still there when I was thirty. So in my head, I'm like, this place is never closing, and then it closed. I was like, fuck me. Yeah. Um, so uh so don't don't take your your local haunts for granted and make sure you support them guys while i was at the show go ahead no go ahead finish sorry no i'm leading into our topic but so i have a question for pat let's go how far are you from swan river uh so the the tragedy you're talking about the uh close (laughs) so like give me kilometers oh um miles Steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Uh, I'm probably 25 minutes, but let's see. Oh, it's four. Okay. I mean, if it, I can check my so everybody, what Tom is alluding to is that there was a shark attack, which on my shark um, shark app was listed as a bite, but is much more tragic than that. Uh, it was a. Uh, a I didn't do that on purpose. Oh. We just talked about shark attack, and I brought it up. I didn't do that on purpose. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, everybody. Uh, this one, um, 16 year old girl, uh, yeah. and she passed in the river, which is scary. Yes, yeah. that is scary. If you're in like open water, you go, Hey, I'm taking my shit, especially in Australia. So, uh, I don't know where she was on, uh, the Swan river. It is, uh, it, it runs from the mouth, you know, like, the, so it, Perth city is, is on Swan river. Right. And I'm 20 minutes from Perth city. Um, so jumped into the water, swim with a pot of dolphins. Yeah. I would do that too. Yeah, I, I mean, any any sane person would. I wouldn't because I'm scared of uh, dolphins the same way I'm scared of sharks. I'm just scared of everything in the ocean because I didn't grow up on the ocean. But uh, normal people would say, wow, what a beautiful experience I'm going to have. And then uh, she was mauled by a bull shark. Um, Jesus. Yeah, so <clears throat> there is – if I open my shark app – <laughs> oh, when yeah, I see geez. Perth, I'm like, you know, like, you know how you have family members and stuff. You're like, oh, my God, are you OK? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I, that happened. You know, like there was a train derailment in fucking Buffalo. I live fucking eight hours from it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, like Perth is like 10 blocks where, you know, it's like when I used to live in Ocean Grove. Like that's what it yes. feels like to me. Like it's, so it's Perth, square mile. Perth, interesting place because uh, Perth itself, uh, quite small, but uh, it. it their, the metro I, area. Their idea of a metro area it stretches, stretches. <laughs> it's 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 uh, fucking long. In an effort to be a real city, uh, they just are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll count that area that's uh, sixty miles north. Um, but uh, yeah, the, uh, I'm looking at my shark app. Uh, the spot that I go every day with the dog uh, had had a sighting. 
uh, four days ago, but uh, nothing since then. Um, but yeah, they're out here. The sharks are out here. There's uh, plenty of very scary footage of uh, people just at the beach that I go to or, or just south of the beach I go to uh, just chilling. And then sharks are weaving around them, uh, which – by the way, everybody, if you're having such a good time in the ocean that you don't notice the things that are swimming around you, yeah, that's a I'm not. Okay. I'm not saying that's on you. I'm just saying have less of a good time because um, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> like I, I'm hyper aware. They've got these blowfish that that uh, nibble at your feet here. Yeah, and uh, they're, they're they can't hurt you. It feels it's almost if if I had the guts for it, it would almost be like a relaxing thing. If you just stand still where I go swimming, these little blowfish just like nibble at your toes and. Yo, I, I have a minor freak out every time. Like I'm being consumed. So like <laughs> the idea that you couldn't like notice these quite large sharks, uh, pretty crazy, but this girl had no, you know, not to victim blame. This girl was swimming with a pot of dolphins and, and had a uh, really terrible luck. Uh, I co-sign a bit on the, uh, now I've gotten better with it because there's a lot of dolphins off the shore in, uh, in New Jersey. So I see them few times every summer pretty regularly actually um but it's not that i'm afraid of anything in the ocean but there's a certain size once you get over a certain size i'm a little like "Mm, don't want to be in the water to be honest being in the water with a whale would scare the hell out of me Uh, i'm not exaggerating there's nothing in the ocean i'm not scared of (laughs) like i don't i don't care i'm with you yeah people can think what they want nemo if i saw nemo in the water i'd shit my pants same like (laughs) All right. So yeah. Well, all right. So uh, I'll be the ocean bound uh, uh, axe grinder here. Um, Speaking of things that are, are, uh, you know, maybe scary, hard to notice. While I was at that show in Philadelphia, uh, I ran into an old friend of yours, uh, Patrick and Tom. Guy said he knew you guys. Uh Oh. Uh, Fella named Wilson from Westchester. Oh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we know Will. You really, you totally surprised Pat, even though we talked about this. <laughs> yeah, even yeah, though yeah. I pre-proed, like, hey, I'm so I'm going to lead in like this. No, uh, no, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. Who'd you see? Wait, wait. That is that is great kayfabe on Patrick's part, or just incredible storytelling by. Wait, yeah, just senility on Pat's wait, part. I want to interface with Wilson. I promise. But can we not bury the lead of what's going on in hardcore today? Uh, sure. Turnstile at the Grammys as of today. Uh huh. Uh. Let's give this five minutes if we can. Sure. Uh, sure. It, now, we are kind of outside this conversation in a way that some people are inside this conversation. Uh, the Grammys are not germane to my life, and I can't pretend no. that they are. However, no. however. You do root. It, 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 you, yeah, you root. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I would root. So, I rooted for them. Well, I was wondering, Tom, let's say you and I are bandmates. Uh and, yeah, and, and imagine that it's going great. And and uh, how to keep the AC on sixty four? It's great. And we get a gra- we get a Grammy nod. Yes. And I won't go. How mad are you? <laughs> I mean, I just take someone who looks like you. Okay. Who didn't go? Who didn't go? Uh, no, I think everybody went. I oh, I personally, you're saying you don't care. So I, yeah. I'm, 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 yeah, I think Pat would just be like, I'm not going to this. It's fucking bullshit or whatever. Uh, no, so um, so I I I feel this way about uh, award shows in general, um, but I also concede that I am a, a a partnered person 
and I know that my girlfriend, my bandmates could never pressure me. I would say, fuck you. <laughs> you know I mean? No, but if Frank or your, or your girl or your mom are like, right. But you're up for not like you're up for a, you know, a Grammy. You'd right. have to go man, right. just to give it to them. So that's like, the fuck thing. you. That's the thing is like, my girl would be so disappointed if I had the opportunity to go to something like that. And, and we didn't go, but yeah. uh, if I was a single fella, I, my bandmates would be so mad. <laughs> Yeah. Well, like, supposedly Franz's dad was there, which is the fucking coolest. That's cool, yeah. I mean, look, um, b- by the way. Also, here's my thing. Go on. While we're talking about this. So we're burying the lead. They were they were nominated three times. They lost all three times. Oh, I see. I didn't see any of that. I, I just saw the – But here's my problem. I saw it at like 5.30. So I go, how the fuck do you know they lost? It's only 5.30. Rock music, like guitar-based music – is so relegated. It's so not important <laughs> yeah, yeah. that it's relegated to the pre-show. Yeah. Yeah. The the Rock Nation brunch isn't over, and they're done handing out the guitar <laughs> awards. It's fucking <laughs> insane. I was just like, yo, it's the after, and it's based in L.A. So I'm like, yo, it's like the yeah, afternoon. How did they know? I I just want to say, um, shout out to Turnstile. I got eternal love for that band and all that, but. I don't give a fuck about the Grammys and I didn't give a fuck when code orange was up for it. And I, I spoke and was like, yo, we shouldn't care that much. Who cares? I do get it that it's a cool thing for the individual. If I, if we, if I was ever up for a fucking Grammy or some shit, I, I'm sure I'd be pleased this punch. I would attend and have a really nice time and think it's cool. But on a collective level in a community based on subculture and counterculture, uh, celebrating it, you root, like you said, Tom, you root. Yeah, not particularly germane to hardcore or the version of it I understand in my head, but but I actually saw a tweet out there today that I don't want to get into, but it was someone really saying like, "Yo, uh, the the hardcore was ruined the moment a band had mainstream recognition." Oh, come uh, on, come on. Well, I mean, then, then it's been ruined since the eighties. I was gonna say, come That's on. Right. That's right. Well, and, and, you know, it's, it's a conversation that came out and, uh, it was a little bit from the commercially viable thing, you know, this idea, like there were punk bands, you know, the Ramones didn't start to be a fucking basement band. They wanted to go and be a band and rock band and make a bunch of money and fucking live in mansions. Um, Jello Biafra ruined it then if that's the case. Yeah. Bad bad brains, bad brains really destroyed it for me. Right. And so, uh, you know, it's all perspective. Um, and how you as a individual, I fucking truly encourage everyone to be individuals uh extrapolate determine and you know uh uh what's it called uh you know um come to terms with some of these built-in hypocrisies of this thing that you love and appreciate and, and see as counterculture that sometimes is decidedly not counterculture by choice but by placement and and here's my thing is just, just is. if you're going to be Mr. Basement, you're going to be in the basement of the basement. Uh, as I always say, God bless. Uh, I got no bad feelings about that at all. But you don't get to make cutouts for bands like yo know, Bad Brains. You don't like that band anymore. You know what I mean? That's, and that's what it is. Well, and, and, <laughs> and, and, and well, that's and that's the reason. That. That's the reason I say like you come to terms with your hypocrisies and and live on it and and you got to figure it out and acknowledge and go hey. It's if, if you're if you want to be hard if you want to be hard fast if you want to be a lot absolutist you're right you, you, you the basement floor is really dirty and you got to stick right to it but and you're gonna lose almost if not all the classics um, you'll have a handful left but if you 
uh, step one centimeter off and like, well, but they're different. No, not that different. Not that different. It's just so shout out to turnstile shout out to any hardcore band been nominated for Grammy and didn't win it. You know, they lost to Ozzy. You know, (laughs) I mean, there's nobody on earth that thinks that current Ozzy is, is better than turnstile. Turnstile. Except for the the hundred year olds that vote on the shit. Did anyone, I didn't even realize Ozzy had a record out. No, come on, come on, come on. Uh, It's, it's, it's the equivalent of Jethro Tull beating Metallica, you know, but it's all good. Um, kill them all. Uh, guys, um, Wilson didn't even know the Grammys were happening. Hmm. It was unclear. He didn't. He didn't know. But he did have some questions. Uh, he wanted me to to communicate to you. I'm going to channel his spirit. Um, I do feel like having a séance, so we're going to have Wilson join us and uh, and ask some questions. You guys, all ready? Yeah. For those of you who are first time listeners, Wilson from Westchester is our stand-in who asks basic newbie maybe just generalist questions about hardcore that we then, we being Patrick and Tom mostly, uh, try to explain and say, hey, you're new. Maybe you don't know this. Maybe this is a way to put... And we try to baseline it because the acknowledgement is for everybody who's been steeped in it for a decade, five years, two years, whatever your tenure is, there's someone who's three months in who doesn't know these things and maybe, probably almost definitely doesn't have someone who's like, oh, yeah, let's talk about that in a cool way. So that's what we're doing here. Um, Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, hey, Patrick, Tom. Uh, I have some questions. Good to see you, Wilson. I, um, I heard this band Angel Dust, mm. and I don't really know much about them, but I listened to their music, and it's a little bit poppy. And it's it's certainly what I would think of as punk music. Is this pop punk? No, no, Wilson. No, <laughs> no, Wilson. It's not. Uh, uh, so Wilson in uh, in uh, music, but uh, particularly punk and hardcore music, you you have uh, uh, increasingly uh, tiny slivers cut of every genre. So, for example, there's a difference between uh, metalcore, which we may have discussed in the past, Wilson, and uh, metal-influenced hardcore. And uh, that mm-hmm. line is one that a lot of bands toe, but uh, there is a difference. There's a difference in the people that uh, play it, and there's a difference in the people that say they listen to it. There, there's, uh, And these things are, they just play out like that. So what you could say about Angel Dust, if you wanted to be hyper accurate to the point of pedantic and annoying, uh, y- you would say <clears throat> that that is uh, punk music uh, that uh, is uh, highly approachable. Uh, okay. In terms of genre, uh, I would call it uh, probably Lemonheads inspired punk. 
Mm. Uh, and uh, you would not apply pop punk label to it, which is more codified at this point and uh, calcified as an idea. So what is an example of pop punk that doesn't really fit in the hardcore world? Oh, I mean, any of the stuff that went super big, like uh, Fallout Boy. Uh, Newfound Glory. Newfound Glory, sure. Okay. Um, and there's, there's, uh, you know, we, we're probably not the experts on this uh, genre, but uh, there was thousands of them. <laughs> so you can just uh, a light Google search, and you'll trip over. My older sister really liked the band The Wonder Years, and I don't like them, and they don't sound like Angel Dust. So that's correct, Wilson. Um, okay, I like it. I like them. Uh, nice fellas. Yeah, just use yeah, them as nice good The one, the one kid was angry at me because I asked why they needed uh, like four guitars or whatever the fuck they were doing, and then uh, I got my answer, which was yeah, they, a quick, they, quick ass kicking it. I was gonna say, which was like they a fall, they knuckle me, sandwich, Patrick. They followed me into an alley and beat my ass to the ground. Yeah, that's right. Fucking last time you you mentioned T W Y. Um, uh, yeah, they, they they hit me with a keyboard. <laughs> um, Tom. I heard this Madball band, and I really love it. Yes. What are other bands who do their sound at a high level, either currently or from the past? Their sound at a high level. Um, so they got their idea, their sound from the singer's brother's band, a band called Agnostic Front. Okay. So if you listen to a record called One Voice... Okay. Which came out in like ninety two, so probably like eight years before you were born, wasn't or more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um you could start there, you kind of get the vibe for what Madball was doing or where they got their ideas from. Since then, I would say the best, you know, other than Madball, the best version of kind of that style of music mm. would probably have to be no warning ill blood. Ill blood. Okay, um, I'm writing that down. Bunch of kids. Well, they were young kids at the time. Would you say, Bob? He's writing, writing it down. Wilson is writing it down. He's writing it down. Wilson, okay. writing it down. I got my pencil. Wilson's writing it down. Um, so it's oddly enough, Wilson, bunch of young dudes from Toronto. Mm, wild. Wrote a record that was as good as any New York hardcore band has done in a very, very long time. Um, it was on Bridge Nine Records, which is still around. You can, um, I don't know if the record's in print anymore, but it's on all the streaming sites. Hmm. Um, and I think they were probably the, the next best thing to um, Madball. Oh, that's really good. Patrick, other do you, bands, do you have any other, other recommendations? No, because uh, – <clears throat> oh, well, you know what? Uh, cruel hand, cruel hand. Yeah, is, is immediately where I was going to go. The uh, first uh, two efforts from Cruel Hand have a lot of Madball in them, and they're they're actually like, in my view, some of the most underrated uh, albums of that era. Uh, was that Lock and Key? That's Prying mm-hmm. Eyes and uh, Fuck. Let's take a look. Um, look up. That's uh, the big. It's the big chorus. Is the name of the other record? Life. No. That's what I'm thinking of. Life in shambles. Life in shambles. Life in shambles. Um, that's, that's exact. Thank you guys for both knowing that. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, exactly right. what I was thinking. It was right in my head. Um, uh, so without a pulse and prying eyes. Uh, without a pulse is the yeah, I like EP. I want to say. Am I stupid? I don't know. No, without uh, a pulse was an LP. It's the first LP. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, so, uh, and people really like Lock and Key. It, it kind of loses me. I think Prying Eyes is an excellent underrated record. Um, 
but uh, outside of uh, of those two, you start and forgive me for the bands that I'm forgetting. Uh, there's mm-hmm. definitely a dozen, and I apologize. But but uh, after those two, what's that? Oh oh. Well, I don't. I would not put Bitter End in the same. I put them in the same category. I would not say that the Mad Ball influences is, is as. Direct. I think that, I, I think I guilty is charged and it loses to the dominance on those last two. I hear it a little more. It's not quite. It doesn't have that that same bounciness, but it touches it sometimes. Yeah, and that's All one right, of the things I, I, I also uh, pain of truth. Yo, yeah, oh, sure. yeah, sure, yeah, good call. There you go. Um, uh, kind of watch him play. Uh, do set it off at the uh, Terrapin and Rice show. It was, it was tuned down, so it was even heavier. And so, uh, uh, if, if we're taking 2023 uh, futures, um, uh, people should be pushing their money in on Pain of Truth. Yes. Recording LP this week. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Wilson, the problem is with uh, the Madball sound is much like Terror's sound. Uh, you, oh. you, you have um, – I mean, Terror, too. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good one. If you, if you – uh, like, they aren't quite there, but if you really love Madball, you should probably at least – Give some room Love for terror. terror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Certainly. But 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 those those bands kind of set like a very high mark, and uh, after that, uh, even bands that are pretty good uh, tend to fall into like we see them almost as as local imitations or regional imitations mm. of of those acts. Uh, so no disrespect to the good bands of that sort that I'm forgetting, of which there's probably a hundred, but uh, it's just tough when. V- bands that have been around for 20 years or more uh, are uh, kind of still top dogs musically of a certain genre. It's, it's tough. They, they kind of eclipse a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, quick pause. Cause I think those are all really good. And Tom, you, you, you citing one voice was awesome. That's perfect. It's really interesting to me because the, the mad ball, New York city bounce, you hear it on one voice stuff, right? In AF, but they don't, that's the caveman version of it because by the time you hit set it off, it's like, oh, Madball's refined this. Because I feel like AF one voice, like 1992, like Roger and, and Vinny aren't listening to early 90s hip hop. Right. No, they're, they're probably to, not. No, they're, they're, they're trying to get more rhythmic with it. And maybe they're like, that's what I want to say is that I think there's like a, um, like there's the, a New York rhythmic bounce to Madball that is totally different from some of the more rhythmic and like bouncy stuff. Like, like well, that's uh, what I'm saying. Though, Super touch, think- Super touch and Madball are completely different breeds of animal or like, whereas I could say I could put some of the burn and absolution over closer to Super touch, but somewhere between those two things. But what Madball did with it was add th- that heaviness that those bands that I love and burn has a little bit of heaviness in that guitar. Just that tone is really, but yeah, they do so much, so much heavier. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a Will Shepler was the common theme between one voice and the early mad bull. So mm-hmm. great drummer. Okay. okay uh, Wilson's back in the room. Patrick, it's funny. You mentioned local versions of things. Um, I've been hearing a lot of this stuff when I read or talk about hardcore. Is it important for me to support my local scene and local bands? Uh, well, <laughs> you're asking the wrong guy. Uh, yeah. ah. 
Uh, many people would say yes. Uh, a lot <laughs> do as I say, don't do as I yeah, say. Yeah, a lot. Many people would say yes. A lot of people think that that's the backbone of hardcore, and that uh, really to uh, claim any engagement with this type of music, you would have to be at least somewhat engaged with uh, some type of community. I uh, uh, I go the other way on this. <laughs> I think community is a scam, uh, but um, I do. I will say that if you want things in your town to continue, then yeah, you've, you've got to support them. That's the way that that works is that, uh, we, we like to pretend that, uh, capital has no weight on, on us, uh, which is, uh, idiotic, uh, it's a little like moron shit. Um, but the reality is, is that if you do not financially support things, they go away, they become just an idea. So, uh, if you want bands to come to your town, uh, and you're on the fence about a show. Ah, I could I could go either way. Uh, sometimes it's worth it to go have a night, have a good time. Uh, it's like you know I saw an, the new M Night Sh- uh, Shyamalan movie. Uh, wow, Knock at the Cabin. <clears throat> Knock at the Cabin. Do you uh, like it? Uh, I did. Uh, it's like t- I really want to see it, I and mean, I'm not totally sold on all his movies, but I really want to see it. So this one I enjoyed. I'll say that it's uh, it arrives late for its kind of its messaging, which is um, like there's a there's kind of like an anxiety that the gay couple has about being uh, targeted, and uh, th- that that message would feel a little bit more salient at this moment if it was like a trans couple, maybe you know what I mean? Just because uh, it, like I don't know, man. You haven't been in America in a while. I'm listen. Listen, come on. I live, I live in a in, in Idaho. <laughs> Listen, I am. Yes, and you walk around a, a two a gay male couple with an adopted child. Yeah, you tell me you ain't putting up a bullshit. I did not say that. It's just to say that I don't know if that's where my mind. Like, I don't know. Listen, my gay friends is true. They live in Los Angeles. They live in New York. There is a there is a different reality in these places, but I do not think it's night and day. But to the point, I th- just thought it would have been a a more. Uh, I, th- I thought it would have been a message that uh, um, kind of uh, hits harder, right? If it's if, if it was a, a minority group that uh, kind of everybody understands to be under siege, right? So <clears throat> whatever the the uh, but the the movie I liked, but uh, what was the fucking point of my fucking M Night Shyamalan? You threw me off. Uh, supporting your local scene. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so. Uh, M night the is my local promoter. No. So I listen, it was just a movie that I did not feel one way or the other about, but I went and because I didn't feel one way or the other about when like going into it, I really enjoyed myself. Right. And what I'm saying is if there's a show that you're like, I like that band. Don't love that band could stay home, play Fortnite. Uh, maybe go for this reason alone is that if you have like a young scene or a scene that, uh, uh, needs all the support it can get, if you don't hate everybody, go and be social. Uh, enjoy the bands because this is how the band that you like is going to arrive at your town is that you're going to have some type of, some type of scene, some type of reason to sorry, go. I dropped out. Like I'm I dropped getting- out. Sorry. So I would just like to go back to what Pat was saying. Can, Pat, can you give your at on Instagram? So uh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. DMs, don't I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, here's all I'm saying is, uh, I, I'm playing places that I did not know existed, right? And the reason for that is – and I've been touring for a very long time. So for me not to play – for me not to know of certain scenes speaks to the fact that they're probably pretty fresh 
and have been building themselves up and are now at the point that they can have a world-class band such as my own. And I think, <laughs> Holy uh, shit. I want to fucking <laughs> jump through the ISBN network and just come over and punch you in the fucking neck. And, but, but honestly, that's to every scene's credit that they can get a national touring act to come through on a, not like, not uh, what you call it, like like C market tour and everybody. I understand you can get your your little panties with the oh if you call something a market you're bad. Oh, what, what do you want me to call it? Because uh, there's an alternative that people do call it. You wouldn't feel good about the C market towns and lower would not feel good about what you're called unless no C one's be called tertiary. Yeah, yeah. Does tertiary is tertiary or uh, place I've never heard of? Like what would make you feel better? My point is that uh, those scenes are obviously popping and people are doing all the right things and it's cool. And that's because people are like, yeah, you know what? I don't care so much about this band, but I'm going to go out and have a good time. Like, look, when I was a kid, Madball would play Albany with some frequency. Uh, a friend of mine, I was like, yo, you want to go to the Madball show? He's like, I don't really like them. He goes, but they're good every time live. Yeah, I'll come. You know what I mean? Like if, if you can have that attitude about things and be like, yeah, I'll go. It's a show. It's fun then you're going to uh, support the scene in a way that's meaningful. Uh, you don't have to give your soul to it. Just give a couple dollars to it to keep the fucking thing moving, and you're going to see the bands that you like. And I think it's important. I'd like to uh, chime in on this. Please. Um, I have not seen Pat and Bob's still there. <laughs> yeah. I'm still here. Wilson's we're just absorbing to, this all. We're back to Cabin in the Woods or, no. or uh, Knock at the no, Cabin? No, Cabin in the Woods is fucking great. That was a great movie. We're knocked to, um, back to Knock at the Cabin, huh? No, no, I'm not, I haven't seen it yet, but I will see it and I will reply in kind. Please. Um, I think it's incredibly important to support the local stuff, not just the bands that are on tour, like Patrick's yes. National Touring Act. Because here's the deal. <laughs> to me, in my experience, maybe it's different now. I, I toured a very long time ago. But like the smaller scenes, or any scene really, became a tour stop when you had a popping local band. Yeah, that's true. Right? Chatt- people go to Chattanooga. Gum. Because of gum. Yeah, it's all true. Right? People are going to go to Hattiesburg because of MS Paint. You know what I mean? Like, Boise is popping because of Rejection Pact and Ingrown. True. You know what I mean? Think about, like, Oxnard was a place for a while because of, of the stuff that was going on over there. Yep. Right. I mean, Multiple like generations. And yeah, I mean, so, so you think about that and just to pull out Oxnard had a small scene in the eighties. And then because of that, there were people still doing bands into the nineties. And then there was a scene there again with a bunch of bands and that became a place. And it was that way for a long time. And even now there's still like bands and people from that area that to be honest is a, is not a place that rock bands are stopping on big tours. They're going, they're going to LA. They're going to Orange County. They're not really spending a ton of time in uh, in the Nard, you know. But hardcore and punk has always had a place there because small group of people supported the local things that made it hot. That pops off, and then all of a sudden, it's a must stop place. And there's nothing cooler as a band like Patrick could probably talk about this too. Maybe not anymore because he's a national act now. Um, <laughs> But I think like when you go on tour and you're playing a show, 
and like say it's like your headlining tour or whatever, but you're playing and like they're like, yeah, this local band's gonna play last because they drew all the people. Like that's fuck. That's awesome, and it helps yeah. your scene because you that- take pride in it, and it helps the touring bands. Yo, so th- that was uh, so much a thing for like my youth. Uh, I don't, I don't know how much uh, that's the case anymore. Where like the local is holding down the entire affair. I'm sure it happens still quite a bit, but uh, I don't, I don't see it as much. Uh, but it was very important for a time when I was younger. I mean, I think that's an important thing because people take pride in their local. Of course, you got to root for the band that's from your town. Yeah. Well, you hope they're good, you know, and, and you get you catch one that's good and then you really put your force behind it and um, you probably give them a 15 percent bonus in your head uh, to speak to local things. Patrick, when you booked shows locally in uh, in Albany, New York, mm. how hard did you fucking hustle to try to get people to those shows? Oh, my God. It, it, it was like I would go down to the homeless shelters and like be like, everybody pile into my mom's Astro van. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's hit, hitting the pipes with a, a bat. Like, come on, people. Get up. We got a gig to go to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I think it's one of those things. Um, I ask this question because we highlight it. We talk about it. There's local scenes that pop. Uh, there's low, there's scenes that have been sustained I, and it's sustained through changes and radical things. And then you see stuff where when bigger places low, sometimes smaller places rise up. Yo, Connecticut's got a more pop and scene to me right now than the Boston metro area in terms of like young bands, bands doing stuff. Um, that's not to say that Boston doesn't, but if you were to compare those two things on a scale, like the amount of people in Connecticut versus the amount of people around Boston, you know, it's been a long time since Connecticut had a really diverse pop and scene, and it kind of does right now. And you look around and see the different bands who are doing things, and you realize, like, oh shit, like this is this is coming up. Um, and so it's it's one of those things. I, I have the Wilson ask that because. It's also the easiest way to get involved and do something, whatever that is. You want to do a band? Yeah. Cool. You want to do a zine? Do a zine that shows off some of the bands from your area. Not all, exclusively, but if you want, fucking go for it. You want to be gung-ho? But it's... Um, Don't wait for major that, tours. I no, that's correct. I, 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 I only had the chance to talk to uh, uh, Ian McKay once, really, um, in person. And the first question I asked him was, why did he archive stuff? Like, why did he keep stuff right from the start? You didn't ask me who's still straight edge first? No, I didn't. <laughs> uh, I didn't. But, uh, but it was it was because I'm interested because they started keeping their stuff, but they were also keeping it because they were doing stuff essentially to promote the bands they were all doing because no one else would cover it. No one else would do it. And so if you are a part of a small local thing, you can actually like impact the way people see it, you know, and, and – I'll tell you right now, there's you, Tom mentioned a couple. There's a bunch more of these bands yeah. from small places that are just getting platformed and putting on for themselves. And it's look at the shore. Yeah. Yo, it's, it had a long run of bands doing cool stuff. And it's Long not Island. like it was always there. Well, no, I, I, not, well, you know, New York City was like almost like the last place people wanted to play for a while. It was either, you know, in Middlesex and, or Ocean or Monmouth counties, yeah. Or, or, or you want to go to Long Island and play these big fucking crazy VFW shows or whatever, yeah. you know? Like yeah. it's all. So, um, yeah, I, I uh, it, it is a fun game. The community versus 
individual because I think you can enter a local scene on either of those tips and have a really nice interaction with it um, wherever you're at. So go for that. Um, okay. Wilson's back. He, he came back. He, he paid attention, but he had to go take a piss real quick too. Um, I've been hearing a lot about Rapcore. Where do I start? Is it mostly good? I like rap music, and I also like hardcore. Should I like this? Did you say rapcore? Your mileage delivery. Oh, I oh I said rapcore. Uh, I mean, is there a lot? I mean, if we're being honest, if we're really being honest, is there that much rapcore? Because I don't think there is. No, there's not. Okay, hold on. Let me put a pretty big caveat. There was a lot of local level rap core in the late 90s. Maybe because of where I am in New Jersey, I was aware of it. But not very little of it, little of it left the local clubs like pay to play shit. You know what I mean? Like on the real level, I don't think there's a ton of it. But but it's a conversation now because there's a few bands Good doing. Night. Yeah. I mean, E Town, you know, they were, you know, they weren't the first band to do it. Or, you know, but they were probably the band that got biggest from doing it that were like Tom. Local. I've never heard of what is E Town Concrete? E Town Concrete is a band from New Jersey, question, yeah. from from um, Elizabeth Township, Elizabeth, New Jersey. Mm, mm. Um, that it's kind of if you like metalcore with a guy who can actually rap and has a very deep screaming voice. Um, he does say some questionable words that I think he doesn't say anymore because there was an article about it. Um, but um, it, it's incredibly well done. If that's something that you like, it, your mileage may vary. A lot of people do not like it at all, which I also get. But if you are interested in checking out Rapcore, that might be your best place to start. Yeah, well, I'm going to disagree for this reason. Wilson's young. I think E-Town uh, is kind of um, <clears throat> uh, married to a, a time in a way that might uh, it might be off-putting for Wilson if he doesn't ease in with a little gridiron. Uh, and it, should you like it, Wilson? Uh, I like gridiron, and I would n- probably never identify as a rapcore fan. Um, so, you know, things... Did you are- ever, ever like E-Town, or were you in, like, your Spock jeans, like era when they were big uh i mean there's there's obvious e-town tracks <laughs> you know what i mean like obvious e-town tracks but you know the words to mandibles a hundred percent you know who i thought was good i thought fahrenheit was good i i, I thought that they were like completely underrated and and they had yeah, a lot of, i guess they are rap core they had a lot of yeah. those elements and they they honestly i never would have i would not have placed them in that till patrick said no. it. he's not wrong he's not wrong no they're very to me. They're very burn. They are. Uh, they're. I mean, they're burn. They're maximum penalty. There's a lot of things there that are just like kind of like things that everybody would consider hardcore, of course. But like uh, vocally, he was he was trying some things, and uh, I think that they're. You know, you could take the hits from there. Uh, like they had at least two tracks that I think most people could get into in the same way that I think most people could get into the the two E Town tracks that everybody would get. And then the um, and then Gridiron, I think, is probably like like I'm gonna I'm gonna say a, a a thing. Gridiron is accessible 
because they're really good at this and it makes it, uh, it makes it so you don't have to feel a way about it. Right. Like there's music that we all kind of like, it's not good, but we like it. I would argue that gridiron is actually, uh, good at what they do. And that makes it palatable to people that do not otherwise like rap core of any type. So, uh, I would say, uh, start with gridiron and then go back, then learn your rap core history. Yeah, that's fair. That's absolutely fair. Thanks. I'll do that. <laughs> all right, Wilson, all right. Uh, what was Jade Tree Records all about? Uh, okay. Um, it, it put out some of the put out some great music. Um, arguably a bit pretentious for a hardcore label uh, because uh, there. Uh, so Wilson, here's an important thing to notice. Um, every hardcore label doesn't want to be a hardcore label at year five. Um, I don't know what that phenomenon is down to. Uh, people's tastes are expansive. Maybe, maybe, uh, I'll say that it, it can be really difficult to, uh, find enough great hardcore records to put out, uh, that uh, certainly if there's competition, it can be really difficult. Um, <clears throat> so a lot of labels pivot to metal, others uh, pivot to noise, some pivot to, uh, 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 emo music. Uh, Jade tree, uh, kind of did their hardcore bands that, or, or bands that have all hardcore members that no longer play hardcore. <laughs> like that they had an era of that, which also I'm not taking anything away from them. That's somewhat natural. If you are 25, when you start your label and you're putting out music from your peers, at 33, the people that you know well, trust, and want to work with will be older like you and playing different sorts of music potentially. So uh, that all happens. Uh, what you would need to know about J-Tree is uh, that uh, they were never putting out the heaviest music. Uh, yes. They had they had their own lane, uh, yes. which um, uh, leaned more melodic but not – in uh, the same way as uh, you'll hear people talk about melodic hardcore. Uh, And they were at their peak, the best at that lane that you could kind of imagine. Um, They they put out a lot of really good records, some real fucking chaff too, but, but that's just labels. Uh, Mostly good stuff. Yeah. I, I, that's a, that's a good way to put it. They, Win here. Um, the way they, the way Jade Tree found a groove between indie rock, what would later become known as like emo, uh, this like punk rock, but not fat records pop punk, not fat records punk, and like post hardcore, um. It was its own defined thing, uh, and and if Wilson were familiar, it's not exactly the same space that Run for Cover fills today. But it's no. a good analog if someone is aware of what Run for Cover is doing today. Jade Tree essentially was that in the '90s, where you wouldn't consider it like, oh, this is you know Jade Tree hardcore records, you know. No, but you definitely thought of it as 
what part of part of part of the thing. part of yeah it was weaved into things like, like so. it, it, this label and um i'm, I'm sorry yes you you're are here. tom you're uh, sorry, i'm sorry uh, but help me this label and uh no idea um, yeah no idea was one step further over but yeah they, they 100 uh were in a similar pool th- these are these are labels that are not putting out hardcore for the most part but you for, there's not a mo- moment where you don't think that they're uh, uh, part of this thing, so yeah. th- that would be the way I put that. Also, and, and I would go, I would go uh, like you could almost look at a spectrum, and it's like if New Age is on one side of the spectrum, then you go to Initial, and then you hit Jade Tree, and then you hit something like No Idea. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, what were you gonna say? Uh, what you, if, here's a here's a little piece of trivia for for you. Mm-hmm. What was the first Jade Tree record? Uh, so they went from. I think you know it. I think you know it. You it, definitely well, know it. Because you well, they, sing it every time we mention it. Uh, well, they, okay, they went from uh, high impact, right? Was that's their right? Label. They were straight edge label. Or, yeah. yeah, they were straight high edge impact, label. Uh, turning point seven inch, release seven inch, etc. Uh, was it the, the four first. walls falling record? Yes, it culture is. shock. Yeah. Ah, everybody, you owe it to yourself. If I had to say, uh, hardcore uh, kid, uh, check out uh, uh, Jade Tree. Uh, Culture Shock and uh, the Swizz record. This they did the Swizz Swizz uh, discography, which well, is, no punches. They put out a record in '93, a Swizz record in '93, which I didn't realize. Uh, with seven inch, yeah. Yep. Pull no yep. punches. Yep. Well, let's see. So Pull no punches is the discography. That's the discography. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is it's it the discography? It, and um, it's it's fantastic. It's like every it's everything. So it's everything you need. It's great. But they yeah. also put out they put out the seven inch with Dave. So, all right, let's see. Just going through Jade Tree, um, the, the Lifetime Records, the Dynamite Record. Um, I think they did. Did they? They did over the James by Avail. Yep. Um, I think that was a re- yeah. I don't know if that was a re- maybe. It's the, maybe not the first pressing. Um, they did. Uh, what From was Ashes that? Rise, Nightmares. Yep. It's a cool one. I go with the earlier stuff. Uh, they put out Fucked Up Hidden World, uh, the first Fucked Up LP, which is I think. Still, maybe my favorite fucked up record. Um, Jets yeah, to Brazil. Like Jets to Brazil. Pedro the Lion records. Yeah. Uh, the the Four Walls Falling LP is awesome. And like, uh, if you were looking for a record that is someplace between the late 80s straight edge, like straight edge hardcore stuff of that world, like, and then where the new age catalog would be, Four Walls Falling is right in between there. And excels and has slightly better energy than a lot of the New Age catalog, in my opinion. Um, just a fun record. Uh, yo, um, <clears throat> I mentioned, I, I asked the Jade Tree question because all three of us certainly have records that we like on this label. And, you know, it's a label. There's stuff that you don't like, too. But is, for some reason, lost in the sands of time to a lot of people and truly deserves attention truly in a way that like if in a decade people were like oh or 20 years let's say people were like run for cover records they do anything interesting it's like uh yes yes they did you know like there's there's just it's that level with a lot of these records and and, like the stuff we're not mentioning is stuff that people like strike anywhere those early strike anywhere records mean a lot to a lot of fucking people like oh my god um so yeah shout out to jadre uh, everybody, everybody should get a little bit more. What about Jade Tree? Yeah, um, they put a Damnation record out, but all those Strike Anywhere records. There's right. so much. There's good hardcore on there too. Yes, sir. Yep, like and, that. But there's and, also the indie rock leaning stuff, which is where they got. I mean, between like 2001 and like 2005, they were like 
a big fucking moving and sh- mover and shaker. Yep. And music like you know oh. like they're they're like you know um what uh CMJ shows would be like big oh, ass big venues deal. like Irving Plaza deal. and stuff you know big deal um like there's also these weird nooks and crannies they did uh I, I don't particularly like a lot of the rest of the catalog but the first loved ones record I think is awesome awesome I love that and, record and yeah it like they lose me a little bit, but to be honest, it's partially because I had such high expectations from that first record. Um, there's just a, uh, yeah, like the Painted Black records. A lot of people love those. There's a lot in here that people should check out. So yes. give it a whirl. Um, really strong contender. You know, we talk about '90s labels. You, you, that stuff comes up. You get you get mentions of Victory. You get the EVR. You get Rev. You get you know the initial, the New Age, the Dada. Jade Tree doesn't get enough attention because by the end of the 90s, as the 2000s hit, they were as big as most of those labels, if not bigger than some of them. Definitely bigger. So, shout out to Jade Tree. All right, Wilson's back. He's got one more question for you. Well, he's got two more, but one more that we're looking for the real answer. (sighs) Is 80s hardcore important? Like, should I really care? Because I like some of the stuff I've heard, but a lot of it misses me. Where should I start if I'm more interested in checking out some deep cuts? Okay, so here's the problem with deep cuts with 80s hardcore. Is that if you don't like the big bands, you're not going to like the deep cuts. Yeah, they're deep cuts for a reason. Yeah, it, it's it, you, you, uh, look, people that love and, you know... Um, there's people that listen to our podcast who have an encyclopedic knowledge, right? Fact. Uh, uh, Nate Wilson of Gloom Records, uh, encyclopedic hardcore. Shaker knowledge. High graduate, shout uh, out. Shaker High graduate, Nate Wilson. <laughs> the uh, no shout out to Nate because, uh, well, I would have gone to Shaker High if I had not moved to New Jersey. Uh, two. I wrote him a two-page letter in like 2001 that I just never sent because I didn't have a stamp to send it. <laughs> so, shout out to Nate because uh, Gloom Records was cool and uh, I didn't even know that he was a Latham dude. So shout out. Anyways, so continue. Uh, he's one of those fellows. Uh, yo, uh, Dave Ackerman could fall into that category as well. Absolutely. Uh, tons, of, tons of people, yeah. There's guys who just have – like they – their knowledge of these like truly deep cut, uh, uh, often eighties records is impressive, but I think even they would cop to the fact that if you have to appreciate the genre of quote unquote eighties hardcore to find anything redeeming in like, you know, almost any of it, like uh, even the stuff that you would consider, uh, like a one versus B B tier. You, you know what I mean? Even the a one stuff can mm. still be um, l- like hit or miss. Yeah. I mean, it's just going to be tough. It like, look, well, it, can, it can scratch itches for some people and totally miss some people. Uh, it's the thing we have to acknowledge in, in 20 dude. It's, it's been 33 years since the eighties, you know, and that means there's a significant portion of even our audience who weren't born when some of this stuff that we're talking about and that in conversations of dudes who like 80s hardcore it's almost just like oh of course everyone knows what black flag sounds like i got some news to tell you 
there's a lot of people out here listening to this podcast, putting records out, heavily involved in hardcore, who maybe gave it a cursory glance and were like, meh, doesn't do it for me. Next. And there's no shame in that. And I don't think there should be. It actually can create interesting conversations as we continue forward here. I mean, here's here's a test. Go listen to the Double O record, right? I think it's self-titled. <laughs> yes. Go go listen to the Double O record. Uh, if if you don't think, yeah, I, I I really like this might not be the best, but I really like this. Then d- deep diving into '80s hardcore is p- probably not going to be the most fruitful thing for you, because I would say Double O is kind of like. A, good, a very solid B, right? And like, it, it, if if that's not going to work, now there's stuff that I think is forgotten in a way, right? Like I'm always saying, Articles of Faith, yeah. right? It is that's bands that's clearly not forgotten, but they kind of are. Well, they're <laughs> not. So here's the thing: you're you're saying Double O's a, a B. You know, I think they might be a C. They might be a C because but, I but, think in the A, the A is the bands who are tip of tongue. But but articles of faith, I think, fall into this B category where it's like many people know the name or yeah. have seen the name or are familiar, but just as many know who they are, maybe don't have that familiarity, you know, or or have and haven't revisited, or it's just not something that's been circulated in. And uh, yo, time is a cruel mistress. It's things move, and it's like you only have so much bandwidth. So that's the fun part about deep cuts. I think what you guys circled is correct. If you don't like the creme de la creme, <laughs> you might find some odd nooks and crannies. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, There's you, some you random will. things that might you click. Will, but, but, but it's going to be a slog to get there if, that, if, if the whole thing doesn't appeal to you. But, Bobby, I, I think that worth saying, if you just kind of enjoy history, this is a sure. good exercise. Like, so this is a conversation that came up with with Buddy Knox, um, and he was like, yeah, you know, I just think if you like something, it's worth digging into the roots of it and understanding. I was like, fully agree. However, we might be in the gross minority in that opinion. And I wonder if that's true. Um, I think there might be people who just are like uh, active voice, participant, like this is what's going on. Now it's almost it's it's the um the the world started when I turned on the lights. Yeah, energy. yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And uh you know, it's it is it is fascinating, but we've seen that example play out of recently. And and it's kind of the the reason part of the reason this question came up, because I, I there's a no shame element in the way I'm asking this, uh, because I really do think like there's people there's people here in this who are going, yo, can you even consider yourself in hardcore if you don't like one of the following black flag, bad brains, minor threat, youth of today, seven yeah, seconds, you know, like uh, there's people I, who are listening going, nope, 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 nope. Just not, not my bag. And, uh, yo, that's okay. Yo, uh, the, I'm going to say that they're not, maybe not the majority, but I know for a fact, some of the people that, are making the relevant hardcore of the moment have no real frame of reference before 1997. Zero. And, and, uh, that is what it is. Everybody we've talked about this. Like I have, I really do not understand New York dolls. You know what I mean? It's not a, but 
And what there's some people that would be like, you don't – what the fuck? Yeah. You like punk and you don't like them? Right. Stooges mean next to nothing to me. Same. And, and it, sure. it, it's uh, – Some tracks, but I, I understand why not. Uh, but right. to, what but do you mean to, you don't listen to MC5? Right, to, to someone who's 65 who is engaged in underground guitar music, firstly, let's give those people their flowers because we, we yeah. think of punk as being this uh, like a thing without precedent, right? But the reality <laughs> is, that there, is that there was rock bands – who were self-pressing their own releases long prior. And then Bob Seger. Uh, yo, I, I want to say this. Like, uh, they're few and far between, but if you find any dyed-in-the-wool rock record stores, go there frequently enough, and you'll meet the guys who are still going to concerts who are like, yeah, I went to the show by myself tonight. I went and saw whatever, whatever it yep. is. You know, even, even things that people would say, oh, that's – that's cool. And it's also like, yeah, I saw the Stooges in, you know, 72 and I saw this and, I, and it's major credit to them. But I also want to say a lot of them, the ones that I've met who I enjoy are never pressing on someone for their lack of familiarity on a thing. Yeah. But rather it's just like, oh yeah, this is like a deep passion of mine. Um, it's okay. <laughs> you are not in the same place in the same space. And that's one of the weirder parts about hardcore is especially all the weird talk of gatekeeper, this gatekeeper, that the gatekeeper thing wasn't like keep shit. It was like, it was people keeping information away from other people. Like, I'm not going to tell you about this. I'm not going to share this. And like, that's not what I see now. Like what you, is, is the version of gatekeeper. We see now people punching each other in the face. Okay. I guess that's a form of it, but the real gatekeeping was like, Oh, I'm not going to show this young dude, the antidote seven. I'm not going to show this person, the fucking straight ahead 12 inch. I'm not going to show this person this because fuck him. He hasn't earned it. And that got leveled. That got, that got taken out of the equation at this point. That said, many generation removed there's people who are like yeah grandpa you know like tell me again about how good both demos are you know like it's just they just don't care and you you either work them to see if they can get the connection go oh well you like fury of five you like this you like bulldoze okay well you know this is relevant to those things maybe it's not gonna be your favorite but here's you might hear something in it it's uh it's a really wild thing to think about that Wilson, do you have anything more for us? Well, I do, but but I, I think this is gonna this is really just a teaser for a future episode because uh, we're gonna have to have a, a friend on, maybe a couple friends. I think we I think we could recruit a couple guys to do this uh, soon. Where should I start with international hardcore? Oh, Jesus! I mean, our, our audience is, that really loves international hardcore is probably uh, screaming every time I I talk on it. Well, that's I, so that we get it. We get this question from a lot of people who listen and we have some stock answers. I mean, international hardcore is a hard question. Uh, there's some easy answers. Uh, I think all of us at least respect on the name of discharge. Um, uh, we all, uh, at least Patrick and I like Amoebics a lot. Um, Bastard is awesome. Japanese hardcore. Uh, I really like uh, Judgment from B- Japan. Uh, uh, Victim from Sweden. I like. Uh, I really like. You know, Anti Cmex is really good. Uh, and there's a lot, but but 
if we start talking on really even broad UK82 stuff, there are better people to come in and answer that question. So we're going to have them and all three of us get to play Wilson on that. So, yeah, that's true. Uh, so we're going to have that come in. Uh, and that's a little tease for a future episode oh. of Axe to Grind, the hardcore podcast.